What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie... Let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we are talking about Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, or as it's sometimes listed, Book of Shadows, Blair, Blair Witch, Witch 2. Blair Witch 2, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Get it right. Get it right. Get it get tight. It tight. Uh, <laughs> so, oh my God, guys. <laughs> All right, oh, yeah. So Kyle, I'm pretty sure this one is your pick. Yes. So let's, let's talk. Well, actually, before you even explain why you picked it, am I the only one that this was my first viewing? Yes. Dude, I've okay. seen this movie like five times now, and I don't know why. <laughs> we'll get there. So, so I was late to... Well, when the Blair Witch stuff first happened, I was like the key demographic. This is definitely mm-hmm. the time for us all to talk about our experiences with the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Because well, we're never going to talk the original movie, guys. I'm no, so no, sorry. No. Yeah. No, but, no, we shouldn't. But like I was that key demographic where that trailer and website and everything dropped and like my mm-hmm. aunts and uncles were like, oh my God, you've got to see this. I think it might be real. I don't like they were like buying it hook, line and sinker. <laughs> and I was getting like really excited. And then I didn't see it in theaters, but I eventually watched it 
at a friend's house in the basement in the middle of the afternoon, and I was like, this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> like, I was like, so not interested in it. So when they announced that there was a sequel, I was like, hard pass. Like, could not be less oh, interested man. in this movie. But, you know, I've come around to the original Blair Witch for, for what it is. I love watching it with the crazy fan theories that have been put out there, that it's like it's all a gaslighting scheme to like lure like uh scott do you know what i'm talking about i know i've pitched have, this to have, kyle no, has it have is heather the name yes it's yeah a, heather's being gaslit is... by the other guys so that they can murder her in the woods and it's yeah, interesting to watch theory. it because that does actually make sense with the beats of the movie if that's what's actually going on so fan theories have made the movie more fun but ultimately yeah like we're never going to do a blair witch episode mm. so i put off watching this i had seen the 2016 Blair Witch movie, which I before have not I saw seen. this one, <laughs> no, I've not it's, seen that one either. That's Wingard is Adam Wingard. I think yeah, that's that, Adam yeah. Wingard. The only thing that made me want to see that was because when I was at San Diego Comic Con 2016, there were all these people handing out posters for a special screening of a new horror movie called The Woods, and a bunch of people from Geekscape went to check it out. I was like, dude, I got to go to bed. But they all came back and were like, dude. It was a secret Blair Witch movie. And like they said nothing about it being a Blair Witch movie. So everyone's just watching what they thought was like a crazy movie in the woods and then midway through realize that it's a Blair Witch sequel. I think changing the name from the woods to Blair Witch for like the mainstream release was a huge fuck up because mm-hmm. it seems like that twist was like part of the appeal of right. watching. I feel the like movie. that would have been a I would have watched it. I they mean you should have just done the woods Blair Witch Three. Yeah, yeah obviously. Exactly. It's very clear. And then when it's it goes successful. direct to video, you do Blair yeah. Witch 3, The Woods, because, <laughs> yeah. you know? 100%. So uh, Scott, how about you tell us your experience with Blair Witch, and then Kyle can tell Kyle. us his experience with Blair Witch into why he picked this. <laughs> All right. So Blair Witch, I knew about the ad campaign. What year was that? Was that 90, 98? I want to say it was like 96, 97, 98. Like it was a slow roll build. But yes, so I think that there was enough saturation because I lived in a small town. So I think there was enough saturation of that story of the concept, the, 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 the cultivation of the online presence of Blair Witch that by the time it reached my small town cinema, which I went to the next town over, it doesn't matter. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is bullshit, but I could still will myself at like 16 years old to suspend my disbelief and go in and be like this is as close as I'm going to get to like the best found footage that I'm going to find you know like this found also Blair Witch really set off the found footage concept in my opinion I know that there are other things that did it first but I think that Blair Witch was the first commercial success of it and I think a lot of it had to do with the infancy of the internet and we don't really talk about the show the show doesn't work that way where we where we go into deep dives about like the technical aspect of why something works or doesn't in in like the zeitgeist but no but, the internet was the internet was the biggest marketing agent right. for that movie but working also yeah. what made that watch great for me was we drove out to to the next town over to see it and to get to that that theater in the next town over there was a there was a shortcut where we would go down back roads from so i drove to my buddy's house um eric matt you've met eric before yeah we came to an, one of our previous uh live stream events here in akron so eric and i so i drove to eric's house eric drove us down back roads and then across a sod farm now, listeners, if you don't know how sod farms work, they plant 
grass seed, which has relatively strong roots. And then they have machinery that basically turns it into a carpet. Um, and they roll that carpet up. It's probably about, I don't know, seven feet wide. And then it is long, like it's super long, but they make these like fruit roll-ups made of grass, right? And That's exactly as you what do are. that for oh, 50 yeah. years, you slowly erode the ground underneath because as you're cutting up the sod, you're taking about a half an inch or an inch of ground with you every time. And no matter how much you put back down, you're always gonna take more. So we're driving along this road that goes straight through a sod farm. It's a back road. I mean, it's like the sod farm is on either side and didn't think much of it because it's about like eight o'clock. We went, I think we saw like the 8.30 showing. We get out at 10, right? It's October and we're driving back along the sod farm. And because of the fact that the sod farm has lower lying areas on both sides of the road. They're at least five feet lower on both sides. There's a fog that's sitting so thick you can't see through it on both sides of the road, and then it's thin enough so that you can drive through it as you're driving along this, but it feels like you're driving on a moor, basically. And I remember that was what did it for me. It was the yeah. aftershock of going to see Blair Witch and then driving through this incredibly spooky, physical you know like this 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 atmosphere and yeah. i had a blair, an original blair witch poster in my room until i went to college because i worked at a video store and we, i got one for free and they had promotional enamel pins of the blair witch sign you oh, know the, like that little oh yeah the sticks that yeah. little stick yeah, thing twigs and yeah. i had that twig thing that enamel pin followed me from high school on my backpack to college on my messenger bag all the way to when I started my first job I still had it and then one of the arms cracked off of it but it lasted me what is that 10 pretty years good. that's yeah, that's, dope. A, that's a good pretty run. Hell, yeah that's yeah. a good ass run Kyle what's I your got, Blair Witch origins before I don't we get into your pick for this I don't have one besides Did you see this first <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past oh my, him. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll jump the gun a little bit. I do own this and not the original Blair Witch. Uh, and this one is a this dual is layer. This is way more of a Kyle movie, though. This yeah. one, more, so much so more than the first. Bro, like, I'm really falling into the caricature that I built for myself more than I expected <laughs> to. But, I, and it's a dual-sided DVD and CD. So I have this, I think I have the soundtrack Ooh, on the yes. other you side. You the brakes, sir. We will be talking about this soundtrack yeah, soon yeah. enough. You're goddamn right we will. We will so <laughs> I know we'll get into that. Soundtrack city. Soundtrack city for this sure. Is, this was like if they hired Matt Kelly to make a movie soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, without and I was like, well, can Marilyn Manson cover the MASH theme? Yeah. <laughs> What's oh POD God. and Project 86 up to? Do you think they yeah. can give us We can songs? get them, right? <laughs> yeah. just, that was your, that's your evangelism falling. is putting POD on the soundtrack. Yeah, that's what I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, I was, I was scared to see Blair Witch when it came out because I was, I was young. eight, nine, yeah. you know. But I was also super interested in Snopes.com. So, like, I was all over Snopes trying to, like, everything that was Disney or oddball stuff. Like, I was an early conspiracy theorist, but also, like, Snopes was, like, my way of, like, figuring it all out. I was like, you're, you, you're a resource, I guess. Dude. You're reliable, I guess. Can yeah, we talk I, about, can we talk about real quick Snopes.com and its ability to, there was, like, a, you know, most of it was like movie facts or whatever, mm -hmm. but there was the one page that was about like deaths. Yes. And it was like, has someone died at Disney World or whatever? Like, 
And I remember the one that freaked me out was it was like, was there ever a real corpse found inside of a haunted of- attraction? And I saw that green fucking dot saying that it was. A- <laughs> and I was like, no, no, Scott, it's way worse than that. It was that there was like a corpse <laughs> that was like on tour. Like they were touring this corpse around the United States what? in like the 30s. What the fuck? And somehow, oh, this story is fucking great. Yeah. yeah. And somehow over time, people were like, well, that's not a real body. So they sold it to like just some like Jim and Irma's haunted attraction <laughs> site in the middle of fucking nowhere. So they just took the body out thinking it was a prop and had it like hanging from a from like a noose in their haunted like their dark ride haunted attraction. Okay. And then at one point over age the arm fell off and they saw that there was an actual bone inside of it and realized that they had hung a real life corpse in their haunted attraction on It's fucking amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, man, I, it did, it did freak me amazing. out too. That one was it. that one was yeah. spooky, but I just loved the red, you know, the stoplight key basically to tell me yeah. whether th- I was like I just needed to click like the it was it was my way of reading headlines it's like pre-wikipedia yeah basically I didn't see Blair Witch in, enti- in its entirety until I was like 25 maybe and my buddy Hunter uh, gave me a VHS tape which is the only way to watch it like it was like oh, the regular yeah. release of it and it was it was fine it was like one of those things at that point in time I was like oh it's historical for me to watch it now you know what I mean I was I like it still oh. is that's not people don't watch the original Blair Witch for for funsies entertainment value they no. watch it because of what it was because i had time. seen all the right i had seen all the parodies and i had yeah. seen all the fucking like blair thumb or whatever the fuck <laughs> like i have blair know. thumb wow yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. man that is yeah. an uncovered memory you are yeah. explaining yeah. my brain right now no yeah. the worst the worst yeah. one that my brother and i run it because we definitely dove deep into i think that the there's blair a lot witch, of parodies of this i was gonna say blair witch project really blew the roof on how many parodies can you do of a single entity <laughs> yeah but the one that we watched was the Bogus Witch Project starring Pauly oh. Shore. Yep. I've and seen the cover, not the movie. It is fucking unwatchable. It is one of the least. Somehow Pauly Shore has the funniest bit in the entire movie, which says a lot about how bad it is and not so much about Pauly Shore. But all of them are just like these three to four minute Blair Witch parodies compiled into an hour and a half long anthology but the paulie shore one is just him watching the movie in theaters and commentating over it for five minutes and that's the peak of the comedy (laughs) you know do you guys remember paulie shore riff tracks ain't dope about that life i'm not i'm not for that i can't go for that as the great hall and oats once sang but do you guys remember i i this is a rhetorical question because i do know the answer to this do you remember the porn parody of the blair witch project yeah the no. Blair Bitch Project. Project, yeah, yeah. Good. No, it's no, awful. Don't listen to Matt. First of all, Matt <laughs> I'm covers kidding. his eyes. I'm I want every. Right. I want listeners who miss the live stream to realize that Matt is such a gentleman to a fault that he covers his eyes when he does f- edits for the porn stars that he podcasts with and for. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, no, I can't see boobies. So uh, the fact that Matt's like, oh, yeah, Blair Bitch Project is a, is a, a work of modern cinematic magic. <laughs> Total um, masterpiece. Master master something. Master something. For sure. Right. Fuck, um, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> master, I don't even know her. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. That's fucking right. Uh, but, but so here's the thing about Blair Witch 2. 
Mm -hmm. The fact that I've seen it so many times has everything to do with the fact that I was definitely working at the video store still when this was a promo. I definitely saw this before it actually came out because they would send you the promo copies that you would give to the store so that they could hype up your movie, right? And I was like, I don't know how they can go up from the Blair Witch Project, but I'll watch it anyway. And it comes in with the sweet sounds of Marilyn Manson. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this is not going to be good. And it wasn't. (laughs) This movie is absolutely stupid. And the thing about it is that it has to be cursed because I've watched it five times, I'd say. Maybe five and a half, right? I've watched it a lot, more than anyone ever should. Every time I watch it, I like it more. It's yeah. cursed. No, I was going to say, this was my first watch, and I was like, yeah. This. But see, here's the thing. So I was reading a lot of the breakdowns of the reviews, and this is a movie that got absolutely destroyed oh, yeah, it did. at its original release. People were like, fuck this movie, fuck everything about it. But it's kind of having one of those like Halloween 3 situations oh, where people oh, hear me, but people are looking uh, back at it, and they're like, yes. As a direct sequel to the Blair Witch Project, yes, you were correct in your initial thoughts of yes. what the fuck is this. But from the perspective of just a descent into madness with a small cast indie film, it's not the worst. There's better, but it's, there, it's not it's terrible. It's dumb, but it's not a bad way to spend your time. And I think no, that it it's moves. charming in a rose-tinted <laughs> glasses sort of way. Nostalgia covers a lot of hurt but the thing but that I, I haven't watched s- it until today so well, i can't say it's all nostalgia okay. but i will say that this felt already like i was doing a double feature with next week's movie there's a lot of oh yeah do you know there's why a lot I picked of next week's movie, Matt? because this is why i picked next week's movie because i saw what brian or what uh, kyle picked so listen this is the most glowing review you're ever gonna hear about blair witch too so strap in boys yep i'm ready and, and I do mean this with love. There are a lot of bad sequels out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are bad sequels in two ways. There are bad sequels that are bad because they ruin the first one. And there are mm-hmm. bad sequels because they are just bad movies. They're unwatchable, right? Now, this is a perfect sequel. I don't mean this is a good movie by any means. But I think that it takes what Blair Witch did... And it runs with it, and it's a really good sequel. I, it runs the right path. Exactly. It runs the right like path. It's totally not runs the movie, right path. But no, it, no, it but it does what it is right. Yeah. But do you think? Agreed. I was thinking about this about halfway through this movie, right? Do you think that this was a different script before Blair Witch happened, and no. then they kind of rewrote the first like fifteen minutes to because the rest of it isn't even in the woods. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a descent into madness in a warehouse for for an hour of the movie. I understand what you're getting at, and I did a little bit of research, and what I got from it is that the writer-director hated the final cut because the studio Mm. had a ton of interference, and I think that what you may not have noticed, because you've watched it once, um, and that's not a diss, you're lucky. That is true. You are an expert with your five years. I don't want this knowledge and You should. (laughs) Scott, we needed to submit this to Guinness because you might be (laughs) the person who's watched this more than any other human being on the planet. Except for the editor. Yeah, Um, Yeah, right, (laughs) right. And and then the third one is the dude who just really loved that redhead witch spinning around naked, which I know. It could have been me. In an alternate universe was me. (laughs) I just missed 
the boat. Oh man, you're too anyway. young. That's why I no, watched but it twice today. No, I, I, I it does <laughs> feel like there's it does tonally sometimes feel like there's two directors, which must be which I didn't realize until you were throwing this fact at us that yeah. the, you know just like is the one's the studio and one's the director because there are moments where the comedy of it is way heavy and then like the last scene of the movie is this emotionally driven Halloween I three ass really like love network the movie. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's so much better than the rest of the movie, and I I think that that's what makes me like it more each time I watch it is that like yeah. it really the the clothing the the, the yes. just the hair the the cuts the coloration everything mm-hmm. and and it just really reminds me of high school and i know that that's not a reason to love a movie and i don't love this movie let me let me be entirely clear here but um i think that my enjoyment of it has a Mm. lot to do with the fact that i i was in a very entertained place in my life like satisfied place in my life when it came out and so this reminds me of that time but also i think that it it really builds towards, and if you know that when you're watching it, and you kind of can can see where they're telegraphing the conceit of the movie, the twist of the movie, I think that it works really well. I think that it's a really well-written movie. And Matt, mm-hmm. I just want to push back in a very gentle way. When you say that you think that this was like shoehorned into a Blair Witch movie because so much of it isn't in the woods, I think that the reason why that is is because they couldn't go back to the woods for the entire movie because... I personally wouldn't want to retread. That would have been oh, yeah. that, that that retread would have sucked. What they did was they yeah. took the idea of secret video footage and then they made the people watch it who did it, and then they had them not see the real footage until the last three minutes. And I think that that's genius in its own right because, and that's what I mean. I think it's a really good sequel because it takes the mechanics of the first yeah. movie, and it's like. We can do that again without making it boring. And I think that's You know that what you could have genius. done, though? Here's here's something that... And I've pitched this before with uh, Three from Hell as well. But I think my favorite parts of this movie are, A, the first, like, five minutes where it's mm-hmm. almost like a mini documentary about... Oh, like, it's so good, good, yeah. You know what I mean? And, like you said, watching the footage. There's a way that you do this movie where it never stops being a doc. You know what I mean? Like it is in a doc about that would not have happened. Though. It would not have worked, but I think in 2022 that shit would have been <laughs> oh, yeah. amazing. You know what I mean? Because it's like a yeah. doc where you're like covering the fandom, and then it's like the story of this other murder that happened with a bunch of Blair Witch fans, and like you're building to the revealing of the footage that they find. You know what I, I mean? Like I think get... in 2022 it would actually just end up being. The last broadcast it would somehow well, what work I, its way right back around get chris lamartino on the phone because i yeah. think between <laughs> no him shit. and kyle we could make a fucking great movie <laughs> i just want to uh, um i want to interrupt real yeah. quick because what's, what's that sound what's that sound it's it's our <laughs> first so i had to get an Oktoberfest, but this one is also called bear branches which the player which oh, symbol that is yes. so lovingly sold is made of bear branches. So, uh, right, yeah. cheers to Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. And I, I have right. one too. Matt's got a mm. liquid death, which is not wrong because they need some hydration after their big no night kidding, out first dude. night. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are they even functioning the next day? Yeah, Blair Witch Bro- Big question. Night Out is what this movie's other title could have been. <laughs> Blair Witch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one too. I have yes. Southern Tier Warlock. Warlock, which is my favorite pumpkin beer. The only pumpkin beer I seek out in October because it just it tastes mm-hmm. like 
cinnamon and i love cinnamon so i'm not gonna drink it but i had it in the fridge and i was just like i gotta share it so yeah uh listeners if you if you like pumpkin beers this is an imperial pumpkin stout um so drink one or else you'll be shit-faced or an alcoholic if you don't feel it but you know that's that's (laughs) conversation for you and the lord for you yes so so anyway um we we have not even touched a single note that i wrote which is we can touch whatever you want matt yeah (laughs) we're all edging over Um, here baby join us (laughs) but i do want to point out let me ask you guys this question so the the first player witch movie infamously was like kind of made without a script but more of like a rough guideline that only the directors really knew Mm -hmm. and they were kind of fucking with the actors while i do think that this movie had way more of a structured out plot. It just couldn't, it, you couldn't just like riff out what this movie is with this twist and the turns. Because all of the actors have the exact same names as their characters, <laughs> or the characters have the same names as the actors, and a lot of the performances here, I'm curious if very little dialogue was written for this movie except for like It would be a Blair Witch lines. sequel if it wasn't. Because basically and scriptless, all right? The biggest thing that hinders this movie on my enjoyment level is that the there is not a good performance to be found oh, no, in this no. movie. There, the, <laughs> and that's the thing is that ah, we've seen this so many times on Horror Movie Night, um, and this spans back to the Reddit Horror Club days and my childhood and probably decades of horror f- cinema. Um these people can't fucking act, but they have Ooh. chutzpah, and that's all that the, the director cared about. So everybody's awful. I don't give a fuck about anybody's well-being in this film. I've watched it enough times no. that you'd think that I would have a little bit of care. I don't. Um, no. And, and the, the way that they present their lines isn't shocking dark level bad, but it's just, like, hilariously stupid. Um, they talk about, like, are you casting some sort of evil spell? And she's like, no, I'm a Wiccan. And like, it just takes me back to when every alt girl was Wicca. Like she was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a witch, I'm Wiccan. And it was between this and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series that, you know what? There's no harm in it. There was there was no harm in it. I feel like it's so innocently wonderful that mm-hmm. I, Oh, oh, and remember that episode of fucking Pen15 when they were deciding that they were going to be witches? They were going to be witches, two? yeah. That was, that, that's why that episode worked so damn well, is because this. Yeah. This movie yeah, specifically, that. and this is a sentence that good Christian boy Matt Kelly never imagined he would be recording <laughs> on any podcast, but this movie feels almost offensive to Wiccans. Like, <laughs> like the fact that she gets upsetting news and she runs to a circle, lights some candles, and starts praying seems to go against everything I understand. Dude, so I, un- I unfortunately <laughs> connected so much to that particular portion when she explained Wicca to us. Yeah. I don't know. I must have. I must have talked about this on the podcast. So, uh, so please tell me if I have. But. I connected so deeply because that is almost, it feels word for word how I explained to my high school that I was a Satanist <laughs> to, an, to an assembly of people. Have I ever told, have I ever told this? No. Story? Oh my God. Okay. Go off queen. Okay. Okay. So you're absolutely right. Like it is robotic and like, but she's so endearing and mm-hmm. trying to really get this point across that it's not, witches are not what everybody thinks them to be. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, Wicca is, is no, there's no cursed spell or whatever. Like, so we have this assembly, a freshman year, high school, 
we have this oh assembly my god. Oh my god. <laughs> about like bullying and diversity. So the sophomores are taking like the SATs or whatever they're doing. It's not, it's like some standardized test. The okay. freshmen have taken the practice standardized test, but they don't do it the whole week. So we have, mm -hmm. we split up the practice tests with the assemblies. This assembly is about bullying, diversity, acceptance, prejudice, how everything, right? It's the mm -hmm. assembly for going into high school. And then at the end of the presentation, they open up two mics to have people come up and talk oh about my. their experiences of being diverse, uh, maybe potentially having been bullied, so on and so forth. And it's a great, it was a great tool at the time for people to get off of their chests the things that they were self-conscious about. One person in particular was like, you know, she she had matured faster than most of the other women in the school. So she was like, just because like I have big boobs doesn't make me a slut. Like that's not like yeah. she just, you know, like things like that were happening. And a black kid came up and was talking about being like predominantly like being black in a predominantly white school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the generic shit. And then Kyle shows himself. And then the, I, the chutzpah that you've talked about coming from Erica, uh, the fire was lit inside of me to then go up. And tell everybody that, yes, in fact, I am a Satanist, um, but it's not what you all think. The rumors and and are that true. was my opening that was my opening fucking line. And I followed a Catholic kid who would later become my best friend in high school, which is very funny, but a kid who went up and was like I'm Catholic and people make fun of me because like I went, you know, I go to like I go to church every week and all this stuff. And it's like being a Christian or being Catholic is not like doesn't make me lesser than or whatever. So I go up and I think I, I actually think I said that's a tough one to follow. And knowing me, I wasn't talking directly into the mic. I was probably mumbling this far, you yeah, know, further yeah, yeah, back. Yeah. And so trying to lighten, right trying to lighten the mood. Uh, I go, that's a tough one to follow, but I say something along the lines of everybody thinks I'm a Satanist just because I dress in black and listen to bands like Marilyn Manson and I am, but it's not as bad as everybody thinks. And I start to stumble. I start to realize that nobody's with me in this. Uh, <laughs> nobody is happy. Everybody had been clapping for each person oh, that no. had come up and talked. <laughs> and my spattering of applause was not even a spattering. It was like a couple people who just might like not have been listening. Yeah. Like... It was very that. It was very that. And so I start going off the rails a little bit being like, you know, I'm not sacrificing animals. It's all about. And, you know, I had just read maybe the first chapter of the Satanic Bible. If that, <laughs> if that, dude, like I was not in it to win it, truly. But well, I was it's like, like, it's not you Christianity. You were, you were bi because you didn't. Right. I didn't know how to connect with people. Yeah, you're like, somehow well, being I a Satanist was going to be. Sides. Yeah, dude, I was really, it was a true attention-seeking moment. The and, fucking but the crazy irony thing of is, you being an, a Satanist in high school and mm -hmm. Christian now and me being yeah. a Christian in high school and non-religious now is just... And we're just like this, Scott. We're, we're just two penises in a pod. <laughs> and, and it was so, I didn't have friends for about two years in my class. I, and that's because definitely because was, you said you were a Satanist, right? I, definitely because I was said I was a Satanist, because, but the sophomore, junior, senior classes were not there. So uh, they did not know. Oh, they heard yeah. through the grapevine about me saying that if there was any talk of me at all. And they're afterwards. like, we got to party so, with this guy. So how kid. much D&D &D did you play with the Hellfire Club? Because I assume that that's... Bro, I was not committed to any of it. <laughs> I was so uncommitted to being bisexual 
and being a Satanist. <laughs> I'm I was, pretty sure you've never touched, you've touched one set of genitalia in your life. And yeah, <laughs> two in my own. Um, <laughs> I guess no, that I does just, make you buy. <laughs> right, yeah. I was really into my own dick. I was so uncommitted, dude. So I dropped the Satanist thing pretty, pretty oh. soon before I went to sophomore year. Like, I still have my satanic Bible up in, in my room uh, or in our library. But I just, I just, I felt very connected to Erica in that moment because I was like, oh, baby girl, like, we're trying to push something that maybe we both don't really believe in. I don't know. <laughs> I There's think so- it's, 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 it's um, the fact that this is, and I think that we never saw, and also the craft had a lot to do with this too. I don't think we ever really saw more than, like, in, in horror pop culture so much of wicca was presented to the masses in a consumerist way like in a in a capitalistic way and i wonder if that was so bad i don't think it was that bad um i think no. that it i think that it was kind of a coalesce like coalescing of of ideals which is so many of us that were raised in the 80s and 90s were just it was drilled into us save the planet the ozone layer recycle you know, turn off the light when you leave the bedroom, turn off the water when you're brushing your teeth. And so that kind of distilled into an a, a, a naturalist kind of humanist concept that right. was co-opted by Wicca, well, which was co-opted into Wicca because of the fact that it was like you want religion because you want or spirituality because that's such a strong part of of human experience and as as a as an atheist it's funny for me to say that but i also can like scholastically understand that you know i mean i grew up catholic so i mean i understand no, that but I'm... i i think that like it's an important part of human experience i think that the mm. desire to be a steward of the earth and connect with nature is was very important to a lot of people in that time frame. And I also think that that counterculture of like goth got shoehorned into it because I mean, yeah. in large fact of, to the craft, um, you know, and that's fine. The craft is a fucking great movie, which is why we haven't discussed it on this show. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I think that there's nothing wrong with the concept of Wicca in the, in the nineties and even now, I suppose, but like, it's just so funny because, you're talking about like consumer Wicca, right? Well, like I, I, I feel like Wicca. that's all we saw. I mean, like we're right. three white dudes that grew up in the 90s and 2000s. Right. And so probably right. we only saw that's the consumerist saw. Wicca, you know, and like that Wicca for, for beginners books that were at like, you know, every Quonset Hutter, you know, yeah. like Borders and, and Head Shop and all that. And, you know, like our first smudge stick. And, you know, I mm-hmm. love all that, those concepts and the i what i really am trying to drill down into is that it felt so harmless in the late 90s early 2000s when it was its own zeitgeist and now that has become this modern bubble of new age thinking which a lot of yeah. like instagram moms have done and tiktok moms and there's a really interesting pipeline if you go on tiktok you can read all you can listen all about it and and you can do readings about it where there's this 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 pipeline from from new age beliefs like crystals and healing power reiki um yoga all those like um whitewashed concepts of of spirituality into the far right like like anti-vax and Mm -hmm. maga Mm -hmm. and 
like racism and bigotry and it's crazy because they it makes sense when you understand it in like the grand scope but it's it's like the in, complete inversion of yeah. of how genuinely sweet wicca was and and like yes. nature like the power of nature and energy and auras and things like that when this movie came out in 2000 20 odd years later it's mm -hmm. weaponized so that your kids are dying of polio like it's yeah. fucked up i'm well, sorry it's, it's re no it's really wild and i'm going to use the word disenchantment without a pun but it really is like <laughs> it's uh, but it's true because i and i think that i would i'm i'm speculating here but the rise in wicca particularly in that time and particularly surrounding like environmentalism and connection to nature was in retaliation to the generation prior that was excess and mm -hmm. consumerism and a lot of this but then consumption yeah uh, but consumption but then at the same time it's like yeah but then as that generation grows as the goth teen and the wicked teen grows into the mom and the anti-consumption mom but it doesn't take into account the world changing you kind of start the cycle over and now we're going to have a counterculture that we already do within tiktok and other forms of social media and activism that way that are then fighting against the thing it's just it's it's generational cycles it's um, wild that erica did not help anything out <laughs> with being a witch no, not, um, no, she didn't. I, I feel no. like she was the the one that really made things a lot worse because she pissed off the Blair Witch. She, she pissed did. off the Blair She's Witch. Like, Can I take this leaf? And the Blair Witch was like, "Fuck no, you're gonna die." <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. And then, but then also, she wasn't even the one who had uh, to wasn't Teresa, right? Is that her name? No, the one the one who was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, Tristan. Oh, the blonde. Tristan. Yeah. I don't know why I said Teresa. Tristan. Mother Teresa. With a She's Mother with Teresa. With a T. Tr Tristan. Oh, okay. Tristan. Tristan. Maybe that's what I got confused with. Like, yeah, it's just uh, you, you expect it to be her the whole time. There's actually even a shot that she is at the foundation of the the cabin and they have a campfire and they have like a tree or a post behind her and she's po she's standing posted up as if she's tied to the stake and the campfire is at her feet and it's a it's not a great it's not a great shot it looks like they like really kind of half-assed it but it's like the they're they're really laying it on thick with but her you know what they were and doing then with that? it falls apart that's what? actually Genius. I I, yeah. I take back everything I said. This movie's a masterpiece because what they were doing was they were, they were showing that she's going to be burned at the stake as a witch when she's innocent. Yeah. Guys, we cracked yeah. the code. This movie we is, the code. is we cracked it needs the to be in the shadows. criterion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> criteria, guys. Let's do it. I really truly believe this movie is going to get more love should it become available. Where did you well, guys watch it? Us. Dude, I watched it on Hulu. It's on Hulu, Hulu. now. They just See, dropped it this like a month ago. Next week. Hulu, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. Hulu. So well, I, thankfully, I, we... I really hope it finds uh, an audience again because I love talking about this movie. Yeah, but well, hopefully, thankfully, we never have to talk about anybody goth ever again on this podcast. <laughs> now that we've gotten it all out of our system. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Binge Town TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. 
Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. What would you do if you had the ability to sync minds with your best friend? A partner? Maybe even a stranger? Would you share the deepest part of yourself with them? I can already read your mind. Then what am I thinking about right now? You're thinking about how much you want people to support our Kickstarter for our first feature film, Sync. You're so right. If we raise the money, we can make an amazing sci-fi thriller about mind syncing and toxic relationships. Support women in film and check out our campaign now. Just go to kickstarter.com and search Sync. That's S-Y-N-C. Or click on the link in our bio on social media and follow us at FemRegard and at Sync the Movie. Mmm, Fem. Kyle, do you want to do you want to tell us uh, what your double feature would be for this guy? Because I think that we've really gone way off the rails, um, <laughs> we and have, we need we to just have. continue on with our day. But I'm gonna put us back on the derailed rails because I'm obviously going to choose my favorite, and I think what I doubled it up with last time. It's a little bit of a cop out, but watching it again truly solidified that Hellraiser Hellworld is the oh, only double feature uh, that you can watch with Book of Shadows. All right, <laughs> truly, fair, fair, I fair, would. Whatever. That would be. Call me, bro. I will yeah. be at your house in we'll like eight time. hours. Yeah. Oh, we'll eat some Doritos and <laughs> hell just yeah. hell raise. Just kick raise it. Raise hell. Right. Scott, you go next. This is a weird one because I don't know if it would really work, but this is the first thing that came to mind because my actual double feature is next week's pick. But I'm going to go with Sinister because you get the the um, watching the The footage. No, that thing. totally makes sense. That's great. Um, and I actually don't hate Sinister until the last five minutes when you see Bagul because Bagul is a Slipknot character. No um, kidding. Nothing wrong with Slipknot and nothing wrong with Sinister, but I'm not scared of Bagul. No. So anyway. I ain't scared of no Bagul. Oh, fuck. Save that Bagool. for when we actually do the episode. <laughs> oh, shit. Gooler, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... I'll tell you what my plan was. Yeah. My plan was to actually do this double feature and watch this movie and it be my double feature as well as my what did I watch this week. Now, Kelly did a terrible job with his timing, so he literally just finished watching Blair Witch Book of Shadows about 15 minutes before we came up here to record. Mm -hmm. But what I was going to say was, man, I would love to pair this up with a sequel to another beloved found footage movie that completely flips the script and does something different the second time around with our good friend Chris Lob Martinez out there Halloween uh, megatape. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but that will probably just have to be a what did I watch <laughs> this week in like a week or two. Uh, so instead, to go with a double feature that I'd actually seen, it's a classic around the horror movie night parts. But I thought of another movie about a group of five people going out into the woods and things getting a little weird and crazy. Oh, no, man. Of course, sick serial insane clown yes! killer. Yeah. <laughs> yes! The only other option I would have accepted is Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. Yeah. yeah. All right, Kyle, what did you watch this week or what have you that you want to talk about? Watched um I watched In Cold Blood from 1967 uh based on Truman wow. Capote's novel and yeah. Robert Blake's in it, Scott Wilson's in it, young Scott Wilson. Ooh. Fucking I'm pretty sure I've in- seen this. Incredible movie. Beautifully shot. It's, it's come out in 1967, so you're talking about filmmakers making really interesting choices getting out of the way of like super consumer like just whatever movies you know what i mean like you just get and it's black and white it's fucking gorgeous uh carly had finished just finished reading the book so she was Mm -hmm. like i want to watch either in cold blood or capote i mean we're gonna watch both but yeah like which one are we gonna watch first and um I don't know. We just went. We went in cold blood. No expectation. I knew it was like a good movie. Like I knew that it was. But I, I fascinating, fascinating, really beautiful. If you're into true crime, you're into it's a part road movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like you, it's just it's fascinating. I, I really really enjoyed it, uh, and I would recommend it to to anybody who's into cinema (laughs) (laughs) definitely nothing nobody listens to our show (laughs) yeah no kidding yeah i know i come in book of shadows but you know i really love book of shadows is on one shoulder in cold blood's on the other but if you're a listener of like cam nightmare or fright school or any of those shows yeah Mm. you might want to check out in cold blood it's really (laughs) right right Uh, um so i am strictly mentioning this because of the similarities in title but what we do in the shadows season four is just a delight i mean by the time this drops i'm assuming it'll be done i don't know how many more oh yeah there's one more episode left oh okay well then yeah it'll be done and and i don't know if i love it more than last season but it's i mean you just can't go wrong it's always a good time yeah no i think that that's fair um so here's a fun fact about me what i lack in enjoying watching sports I more than make up in enjoying documentaries about things that happened in sports. Uh, And Netflix produces a pretty good series called Untold that are like these hour-long, hour-and-15-minute mini-docs about like major sports controversies and like diving really deep into it. So every once in a while, if I just like need to throw on something in the background while I'm cooking, like they're a great option so i threw on an episode of untold randomly um called untold operation fraudulent foul and i was not prepared to find out that the entire story is about people from delaware county pennsylvania (laughs) where i currently live but basically it's a really interesting story about a controversy that happened in about 2007 where the one of the top referees in the nba got caught in a giant mafia-based gambling scheme within the NBA. And it goes through this storyline of how the NBA was claiming that he was intentionally making bad basketball calls so that he would win with these gambles and, and the information that he was giving to the mob. 
Um, but his side of the story is essentially like, A, look at my track record. I was ranked as like the second or third best referee in the entire NBA for how on point my calls were. All I did was use the insider information that I knew where the NBA would say, hey, the Bulls have Jordan and we're going to make more money if the playoff game goes seven games instead of just a sweep. Uh, so he would pass that information on and say like, hey, the Bulls have won three already, so you might want to bet on the opposite team because the ref is probably going to do whatever they can mm-hmm. to make it a seven-game series. And like he was just using the corruption of the actual NBA against itself against in gambling. Itself. Yeah. Um, so it's a really interesting like breakdown of like how their gam- whistleblower. Yeah. Like how their gambling scheme happened, how the NBA like completely threw him under the bus when he started explaining what happened to make it sound like he's making up a bunch of bullshit. He was just trying to make a million dollars on the side by like throwing all of your favorite games or whatever. Like, it's a really interesting hour, 15 minute breakdown of it. And it, I'm just like scratching the surface, but is it more, <laughs> I don't know if you know the answer to this. Is it more Dark Side of the Ring or is it more 30 for 30 ESPN doc? Like what's Probably the vibe? 30 for 30 based. Um, yeah. I've I've never watched more than one episode of either, but it okay, feels yeah. more 30 by 30 based okay, of yeah. what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. But yeah, check it out. That was Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, as picked by Kyle, released in 2000. I did check and finally figure that out. Late 2000, but whatever. Right on the right uh, on the money for old Kyle over here, for old TK. <laughs> wow. uh, we'll be back next week with uh, another movie that, as Scott said, could have just been his double feature for this bad boy. Uh, so stay tuned for more Horror Movie Night. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie... Let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. Um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network.